right. So here we go. I don't really have to worry about Heinz and Gunther. They're going to roll. So I'm going to start recording. Everybody recording? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> you guys are good, though. We got okay. we got you on this Skype call. It's going to sound great. By the way, boys, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to call you boys. I mean, but where are you calling us from? Is there, are you Berlin, Frankfurt? Where are you at? I think it's best if we don't, you know, reveal the exact location where we are. We're still so hanging out. The release. And that's a good point. But yeah. Kremlin. Secret Movie Clubbers, and welcome to Secret Movie Club Podcast 98. It is wonderful to have you for, I think, the first time here. We're doing something special that I'm really excited about. As the world comes out of COVID, people are in person again at film festivals, and Berlin 2022 just happened. And probably the big story out of Berlin 2022 was this German film called, and forgive me, we have the filmmakers on the show. I, I hope my English accent doesn't offend you. My American accent, it doesn't butcher this, but Der Teufel Kindergarten und der Sexy Dama, which I understand to translate as the devil kindergarten and a sexy lady or something like that. And I think it's the first film where everybody walked out. I think in the history of film festivals, leaving just the filmmakers, and then as they were telling us, they actually can't even disclose their location now, but they are joining us for an exclusive interview. So I want to go to you guys first. Uh, we're going to introduce ourselves around the horn, but you guys are giving us the exclusive interview on this. So would you introduce yourselves, please? Sure. I'm the director and filmmaker, writer, mainly producer. I was in some of the film as well. Edited it. Edited, right. You did the, uh, the original soundtrack. Original soundtrack with the score, a lot of kazoo. Um, the PA. I was a PA. That was a lot there of time when uh, like both scenes were ruined because mm-hmm. you were just hauling cables. Yeah, that's true. I agree. And, and your name, sir? All right. Oh, okay. I guess uh, his names, these labels. Um, I'm. It's uh, a symbol. I guess if you had to like uh, visualize my name, it's uh, like a baby duckling emerging from its shell. It's like the first poking through. Um, but if you have to make a sound to get my attention, short, just say Gunther. Thing. It's it's an honor to have you, Gunther. And then, uh, sir, next to Gunther, would in the sunglasses and the red scarf and and the seriously look. Heinz Dieter Stormhammer. Greatest uh, actor of ours or any generation. Graduated from the Christoph Waltz School of. Imagery was that an acting school? Uh, it kind of just allowed me to see whatever I wanted. It was really a school of manifestations. Yeah, and I, I just want to thank you, gentlemen, for speaking English. I apologize that none of us speak adequate German. So again, just thank you. God bless you. And who else is on the podcast with us? Hello, it's Daniel. Hi, it's Carnally Crees, the People's Champion. Hello, America. It's another day in this godforsaken revolution that we're in. My God, strange. Also not announcing himself by name and rejecting labels. That was Edwin Cesar Gomez. And my name is Craig. I'm the founder programmer of Secret Movie Club. I want to get right to this interview, so I'll just make it real quick. It is wonderful to have you. Please go to secretmovieclub.com to see everything we're doing. By the time you hear this, we'll have announced, God willing, all our April and our May. I just want to put some upcoming events on your radar. By the time that you hear this, tonight we are going to be doing Bowfinger with three stand-up comedians doing five to ten. 10-minute sets. Bowfinger being a comedy I love with Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy. I I mean, it was actually a hit, but I don't think it gets talked about enough Mm -hmm. on film. And Edwin, Cesar Gomez posted about it, inspired it. So Edwin is the guest programmer on that. Edwin, this was your baby. Thank you so much. Thank you, Craig. I'd like to thank uh, everyone, uh, the the, the fans, the people, the real people. Let me me, me have this. 
<laughs> and then Stephen Brownlee also gets co-guest programming credit because he also recommended making the most of April Fool's Day with the comedy Steve Martin. And so thank you to Edwin and to Stephen. And then tomorrow on Saturday, we are doing Akira Kurosawa's 1980 Palm Door winning Kagamusha on 35 millimeter. So we would love to have you see that on Wednesday next week. We are doing John Ford's Wagon Master on 35 millimeter, one of my favorite John Ford films. And we're pairing that with Steven Spielberg's debut. Really, his debut was Duel, but his first official official was Sugarland Express. We're doing that on 35 millimeter. They're united more ways than just Ben Johnson being in both of them. They both deal with sort of cross-state tracks. Spielberg is famously very influenced by John Ford, and Sugarland Express actually has a very Fordian feel for people who haven't seen Sugarland Express, so join us. And then on Thursday, for Stephen Brownlee's birthday, we are doing Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, on 35mm, starring the insane and great Maybe Heinz Dieter Stormhammer took some tips from him. I don't know. Heinz, I don't want to offend you. Or maybe jump the gun here. Billy Zane and Demon Knight. I don't know if any of your acting comes from the Zane or not. Uh, maybe as a fellow thespian, there's some respect there. As always, you can write us at community at secretmovieclub.com. Find out everything we do at secretmovieclub.com. But that's really not what's important. Today, what's important is this movie that I think I can safely say engendered a reaction never. I mean, we're, we're talking way beyond Nicholas Winding Refn's Only God Forgives. We're talking way beyond Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built. We're talking way beyond Pasolini's A Hundred Days of Sodom, Duck Hatching Out of an Egg, Gunther and Heinz Dieter Stormhammer's Der Teufel, Kindergarten und der Sexy Dama. Gunther and Heinz, I just want to go to you first. Just talk to us about the reaction at Berlin. Were you ready for that or no? No. I mean, is anyone ever ready for the reaction they get when they release a film? Good or bad? Uh, you can't expect, but other people do, you know? It was a little shocking that every screening, the entire audience walked out. It wasn't just the very first screening, it wasn't like the second. The film is 296 minutes long, and I think among every screening we've done, people have only probably seen about 22 minutes combined. Right. I mean, that's a part of the problem. Did you have people, like, walk back in and try again and then walk out again when you say combined, or is it always at minute 22? There's been people who, like, chicken-pecked their way through it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, you've had your occasional, like, leaving so they could go throw up and then they come back. Hoping that puke was still wet enough to masturbate in. Even, you know, like having to go move their car or pay the meter. And yeah, come or back even in. like, I don't know, get the popcorn or a refill on a soda. The festival didn't validate parking? No, we're not rich, you know, we can't pay for everybody to park and see the movie. You want to see a movie, you come see a movie, you, you know, you get Berlin, there however you want. Berlin is still repairing. Well, so Connor and Daniel and Edwin's already walked out. He didn't even make it to minute 22. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just I'm just doing something important. More important than these guys are in hiding, Edwin. Yeah, I, I, I know they're in hiding. I know they're, they're probably the best German filmmaker since this guy named Fassberger. Fassberger. I think he meant Fassberger. I want to apologize again for Edwin. No, don't apologize for me. Mr. Stormhammer, Mr. Symbol, what's the movie? What's it about? Wow. wow. You know, we answered the question in 296 minutes, but if you need like the condensed version, kind of a psychosexual exploration of what it means to be either the root of evil, the birth of innocence, or the seductress of nature within the cosmos. 
Right. I'm saying it all takes place within the staff and faculty and classmates of a kindergarten. What made you think hardcore transgressive sex scenes intercut with 40-minute, minute-for-minute kindergarten classes on top of the devil worship, which I'm still trying. Like, I'll let you know, I made it to minute 44. Did anyone make it? I, I was at the part, it's really hard to explain, where, like, the little kid was giving a book report on a German book. I didn't completely understand about how kids are dragged out in the forest and beaten to death, but it was like a happy Christmas story. And then you were intercutting that with just an extended slow motion fellatio thing. I got there. Halfway through act one. I watched the whole thing, but at 10 times speed, so it was about 22 minutes. Which is what I said. Yeah. (laughs) I hate forcing the idea of like what something is into someone's brain, but the slow motion was a juxtaposition of how deep we were going into the woods with the children. And then, of course, you have the beating of the children, mm-hmm. which is uh, symbolic of, you know, growing up mm-hmm. and life being hard. Right, and consequences of action. And, of course, why shouldn't a hole in the ground receive gifts every Christmas just like anyone else? So we right. had to put some dead kids in one. Yeah. We didn't use, you know, an art department or special effects. You know, it was very real. So we only approached poor families and let mm-hmm. them donate the children. We paid them handsomely in bread and soups. Yeah, and so like a month of bread and soup, you'll be surprised how many children you can find to make a movie. Well, do you think maybe the reaction was also partially in how the movie was made? One would say that that seems to be a little exploitative in this day and age. You mean because we didn't get permissions? Among other things, yeah. Sure, sure. But, you know, I mean, one of the things that I thought was very revolutionary and groundbreaking about the filmmaking process was not only was everything real and true to life, therefore it translates when you watch it, but you know, some scenes were shot on 35mm, some scenes for red camera, some scenes for 3D. Some you know, scenes it, were just some pictures I'd scrolled on cocktail napkins. Yeah, and then there was 35 minutes of just straight Polaroids just flipping through, like a stop-motion kind of camera. No, it was it was for sure experimental and, and avant-garde, and I did my best to watch all 296 minutes, but, you know, I, it was just, it, it, this was way beyond Titan, you know, the can Palm Door winner. It was, Titan feels like Finding Nemo compared to what you guys did in the latter part of the movie, so. Thank I, you. Oh, well, okay, you're welcome. I have a question. Actually, I have a appraisal. Your picture uh, was recommended to me by Craig. I just want to say, uh, out of the things he recommended me, because not all of them were good at all. They were not. They were horrible. Uh, but this picture was astounding. It was art. It was oh. emotional. It was long. It was beautiful. Out of all the pictures I've seen, this might be the best German film I've ever seen. Unlike this series he did, which was horrible, and I never want that to happen again. But this should be a series of making the most groundbreaking motion pictures of all time. So, Edwin, you watched all 296 minutes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. It was it was emotional roller coaster going down deep into the abyss of madness and insanity. It was groundbreaking entertainment of the German eye of filmmaking. What was your favorite scene? Great, Great question. question, Craig. That's a good one. Uh, I like to see uh, the children when they were all being like taken away. I couldn't go into deep details, but like I think you should though. Uh, I, I got I got a little Batman Returns going vibe in there, and then and then someone came and like swept them away. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty intense stuff. And uh, Craig, I'm gonna start recommending you movies now that you should show but you won't have the guts to do it. Now, Edwin, you're like this. One of the fun little Easter eggs in the movie is some of those children that were taken away in the beginning 
they serve the snacks on the train later. Uh -huh. Those are the same children, body parts and pieces. Wow, that's uh, that's very deep. That's very scary to know now, and I, and I appreciate that. <laughs> when we like callbacks and things, you know, we've taken improv classes and... You know, we like to pepper that in our films. I guess my, my big question would be, we've just all sort of collectively as a world, as a humankind, been through two years of lockdown and like general sort of bad vibes. Not been going out. We haven't done that. For, we've been out and about for three years now, every day. I had the worst cough Oh my God. of my life. Both of us, for the whole filming, had like very bad coughs. We had like chills. I couldn't taste a lot of, you, you know, we were supposed to say, how are these children going to taste in the train scene? I couldn't even taste them for a while. It's like, how hard is it to dance in a group of 120 people in a rave? Thank you. If you're coughing on everyone and it's so difficult to, like, get your breath behind you. Right. Did you guys notice that other people, as the shooting went on, developed those same symptoms? Yeah, if it's like a wildfire, like, spread through. And I'd say, like, what, a third, maybe a third? Half of them are now gone so off this earth. At the same time, I was like, they're just copiers. Yes. They'll just copy me. Yes, the amount of work that Everybody Hans put in. He wants to be the Stormhound. It's true, you know, and it was a lot for him playing, you know, 18 of the roles I in the movie. 18 of the roles. And I'm not even sure that you can know like which ones that I was because I was so deeply ingrained. I was at least three of the children, two of the ones that were beaten to death. They had to resuscitate me on the set. Yeah, that was scary, you know, when you're, you're that far I, into the film. I don't know if you want to comment on this, but it, it was rumored that a large majority of the children and the deaths was because you were recruiting out of, like, kids who were immunocompromised in hospitals with parents who didn't really understand what you were offering, the bread and the soup and all that. They thought you were actually offering them cures to what those kids were dealing with. Did you want to comment on that at all? I mean, sure. It's it's good uh, filmmaking. It's how you save money when you look. I did everything for the movie, and what I didn't say earlier is I also line produced, so I also knew where I was spending the money. And if we were short on money, we offered bread and soup to the German people who spoke German, you know, and they understood that we were offering bread and soup. But then if they spoke a different language, then, yeah, I just, you know, I made big gestures and smiles. They come with me. And then, you know, we film and, you know, we get them to sign something like thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to be on movie. And they were. And it's good filmmaking. It's smart line producing, Craigland. I guess I always was curious about how did you guys negotiate with Warner Brothers to get Scooby-Doo to appear in the film? So that's more of a you question. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was, you know, honestly, Border Brothers turned me away three times before I had Hans signed on to the film. But, but like any good German genie, after three asks, they have to compromise. They have to. You have to give the wish. And that's what the stories tell. Warner's the second I said, hey, you know, listen, I know I've come to you three times already. But listen, I have Hans and Stormhammer is signed on to play 18 of these characters Warner Brothers all of a sudden changed immediately around in one snap. They said, oh, oh, my goodness. OK, we will give the script a reread and we want to absolutely give you Scooby-Doo, which is funny because I think they had to get permission from Universal to use Scooby-Doo, like a whole roundabout. <laughs> Once they heard that I was going to play Shaggy. They immediately were like, yes, we'll give you any sort of animated yeah. dog. Yeah. 
clients, I got to ask about probably the sequence. A lot of people just don't know how it was shot. You played both Der Teufel, which is the devil, and the sexy Dama. You played the devil and the sexy lady among your 18 roles. And that one take, uninterrupted, explicit sex scene appears as if you're having sex with yourself. And, I mean, how was that shot? It is kind of a feat of movie making, as unsettling as it was. This is the most controversial shot since the Under the Swing Texas Chainsaw Massacre moment Mm -hmm. that people were so blown away by back in the day. Sure. Do you want to talk about how it was shot? Or? <laughs> Pretty sweet, like, oh my gosh, what? So there's like a Rube Goldberg situation in that shot that I don't like to get too deep into. Well, it looked like you were pretty deep into yourself, is really what I'm trying to say. It was a very interesting situation where the makeup department, who actually is Thank you. sitting next to me, <laughs> to do a lot of work to make a warmed-up papaya look like my butthole, and then... I would have sex with that papaya, and then I would actually sit back. Have you seen the movie with the, uh, Tom Hardy where he plays the man and the woman and he flips back and so forth? Oh, he plays a man and a woman? Venom? The brothers? Where he's like the same Oh, brother? yeah, 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 yeah. The gangster brothers. I know what you're talking about. The British film, The Craze. It's called Legend. Not what I'm speaking about. Oh. But I appreciate <laughs> your knowledge yeah, of no. Tom Hardy movie. It's not Bruno. <laughs> and it's not that no. guy. Yeah. What's his f-ing name? Br- Bronson. Bronson. Right. Oh, yeah. No, great film. When he's painted halfway down, he's a man and a woman. So what I did was pretty much that. I would paint myself one way and since the other. Mm-hmm. And it was a complex motion of tucking and grinding and moving. It was a ballet. The most incredible scenes we shot was where he actually tucked himself and entered himself in his behind. It was both moving and shocking and like, I didn't know people could do it. I've been blessed and also cursed with a 15 inch penis, which I think is one of my acting talents. Yeah. Oh, behave. Besides the onset drama, because of the reaction in Berlin, distribution was initially hard, but I've now heard conversations on film Twitter that you're in conversation with A24 for a United States release. Can you talk about sort of what it's like working with them and why you guys are sort of going with them? Is it the only choice or was it something that they presented within their sort of lineup that drew you to them? This is why we truly believe in Kismet. To be honest, it was our 24th choice. So the fact that A24 was so on board so quickly, I think it's a little bit of Kismet, you know. We're really doing them a favor. Truly, yeah. You know, we approached a few different distributors and indie Markets. Trauma said we were too big. Asylum said we had too much plot. Right. Will Ferrell's, you know, yeah, Gary Sanchez said too much comedy. It's too funny. Happy Gilmore. Uh huh. He was originally very interested, but then he learned there was no He wanted to play. Yeah, he wanted to be in it. And he can. But it was already made. Yeah, true. How do you fit a Sandler into a. What about the stunt where you tried to force Nickelodeon and PBS to take it on and promote it as a children's film? You're talking about when we slimed all those kids? Mm-hmm. If you want to call it that. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, hey, one man's slime is another show's slime. 
put that in your book and quote it. Well, I mean, we are recording, so it is. Oh, good. Okay, very nice. It was probably controversial because, like, the second we slimed those kids, the next shot was dirt being shoveled onto them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we we had that eerie kind of violin uh, Nickelodeon tune playing in the background. Which you did. Okay. Guys, those kids were just in line for a live taping of iCarly. I mean, well, so we did them a favor. Yeah, seriously. What would you rather see? iCarly? For being a movie of the ages, you know? Yeah, immortalized. Yeah. Yeah, but you guys were hit with 50 lawsuits. No yeah. such thing as bad publicity. Very true. And how many movies get, you know, lawsuits all the time? Definitely Happy Gilmore has, you know, at least 50 every week. What? Cannibal Holocaust, the guy had to hide for like two years until the cast oh. were alive. Now I know why Edwin loves the movie. Do you hear that? They just cited Cannibal Holocaust. Hey, Cannibal Holocaust and Mashmate, and you know the guts to show it, Craig, because you're afraid. I wonder who the real cannibals are. You know, and, and honestly, the Nickelodeon thing was Apatow's idea. He's kind of on as the secret producer. Oh, whoa, exclusive. Judd Apatow? Yeah, I'm very good friends with him. And, you know, he liked the comedy, not so much the um, graphic sexual nature of the movie. But when you tell a good friend, like, oh, yes, no, we'll cut that out. And then you don't. It's just, you know, he's fine. He won't know. Does that explain why the majority of the film feels like it was improvised? That's how we wanted it to be. I mean, you can't tell what somebody's going to say or do while they're dying. <laughs> true. <laughs> like, yeah. Every conversation is truly improv. You don't know what you're going to say to somebody. You know, every day you improvise. You improvise. It's a grocery store. Boop, boop. Oh, I also uh, like these can of beans. And you say, oh, yeah, I was going to make, you know, like a chili later. That's all improv. You don't go to the store thinking you're going to say it. He literally just yes-anded by accepting the beans and raising the stakes by making a chili. All right. I'm I'm now getting worried that this podcast recording is actionable uh, and that we might be accomplices. When you create a piece of art like this that has such a personal attachment to it, do you have any sort of regrets? Is there anything you wish you could have done differently or is this the end result, this 292-minute behemoth? Is this uncompromised your vision? Yeah, if you're watching Savon that plays on international flights, it's 292. But yeah, if you're getting the full effect, it's 296. There was a moment in probably near the end of Act 2, where there's this one kid who's getting beaten. I'm at that moment dressed like the devil with an enormous erection. The child turns to me and screams, and I try to whip him, and he dodges it, which was unexpected. Completely improvised, the child was like, I don't want to be hit with a whip. Yeah, he ran through the woods, Mm -hmm. and I give chase. But I trip over my 15-inch penis and I hit my head on a tree branch. And then I wasn't able to catch him. So that kid actually got away. So I guess if I had any regrets. It was that, that child so that's the child one that got away. Literally. The one that got away. Yeah. The one that got away. <laughs> we all have one. This was Sodheim's final work who composed the music for you guys. Can you talk about sort of that collaboration? And there's a lot of the rumors that he had no idea what he was doing things for. Can you kind of talk about that and sort of the legacy that that imparts on his incredible work and how this is the sort of the final piece to it? And where do you think it places with Sweeney Todd Company and Merrily We Roll Along? I mean, look, if we're being completely honest, he's gone now, right? So we can be 100% honest. He was very out of it. It really was like the last day of his coherency when we ran into the room and kind of like in between nurses switching 
kind of used his hand to sign the paper saying like this is my work but in reality you know most of it was you again yeah it's my own doodles on a keyboard inspired a lot by you know into the woods and sweeney todd and uh, a lot of the others i heard a little pacific overtures in there too you know he was an inspiration of mine and as a former lover he was i think throughout me in a lot of ways so yeah when i got him to sign that little bit and say like this was you you know kiddo i miss you it was a way for him to have one last credit on the screen and say like you know i made i made happy music yeah you guys have any advice for young filmmakers this is a good one everybody loves this question yeah <laughs> i know i do at the same time simultaneously go for it and quit in what order it's the beauty of it it's like when you see oh here's my dream go for it 110 percent. and then if you don't reach it you can quit and try a different dream then your success at that dream it's great Hey, you never know what your dream is until you find the thing you're successful at. True. Or you break ground, or you double down, and then you succeed. So, you know, quit, don't quit, go for it, double go for it, uh, and then quit if you don't uh, get it I, then. Well, I, I need to leave, because I, I just found something out important that I need to take care of. Why don't you get out of here then? Edwin, we got five to ten minutes left with these guys before their VPN gets discovered and the, like, authorities possibly storm wherever they're at, which could be they're not disclosing. It's like a freshly picked orange. It's so juicy. This is a movie waiting to be made. Get out of here. Well, I will get out of here. Don't come back. We don't want you around here anymore. Send us your address, Edwin. We'll send you a signed copy of the VHS. Oh, that's another fun thing, is that we didn't release this on DVD or streaming. This is only VHS. Yeah, but you have to know something about Edwin, Gunter and Heinz. He doesn't want you to autograph a VHS copy of your movie, a VHS. He'll give you Kindergarten Cop starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he'll ask you to autograph that. He's done that to every celebrity filmmaker who's come in. Honestly, a great double feature. Absolutely. I think a lot of similar messages in both of these. So now I have the biggest muscles. Edwin, we'll see you at the Tiki Bar. Forgive me for my pardon. I will have to track down Craig and confront him all the bullshit he's done. Do you guys note any passive aggressiveness in Edwin towards me? Or am I the only one there? I think it's just you. Children can be resentful. And if he's truly your child, like the documents claim... And then he could be upset about it. This is the time. This is the age where he pushes back. He came back in the room. Look at him. I love Mamma Mia. It is my favorite movie. And that's a quote you can take to the bank. You know, I didn't think I was going to be asking the filmmakers of the most notorious anti-child movie ever made in cinema for children advice. But I think I think I'm going to take my last question and, and do this. You know, we haven't disclosed to Edwin his true parentage, which, as you guys seem to know, and I now seem to respect you guys a lot more, I am Edwin's father. And I've been employing him for the last four years, and I, I've just not had the guts or the ability to have that conversation with him. Do you guys have any just advice on that, on how a father approaches a child to, you know, have that conversation? It's tricky. You know, in preparation of writing and producing this film, I did research every father and child in the world and their parent and lineage yet never once talked to me okay it's okay thank you papa well what was that a reveal was that an exclusive do we have a father-son relationship here too the very last day we filmed i revealed to hansia that yes i am technically also i'm only three years older than him i am definitely his father 
Well, this was an interview of revelations. I don't know exactly what we accomplished here or if we're moving backwards or if Secret Movie Club's going to be shut down for doing this interview. But, gentlemen, I'm going to give you guys the last word. You know, art is life. Life is art. You just got to, like, love each other because you never know when it's going to be over. And why can't we all just be nice to each other and get through another day of this grotesque hell that we live in? And uh, if you get your opportunity to f*** yourself on camera, then you should probably take it. How many times do you get paid to do that? That's very true. And I would say, I guess my advice is sometimes let the devil win. You're tofu. Mm-hmm. God bless it. Well, there you go. I really want to thank Symbol Duck emerging from an egg, but Gunter for short, and the Heinz Dieter Stormhammer, the man who played 18 roles and Der Teufel, Der Kindergarten und Der Sexy Dama. He played Der Teufel and Der Sexy Dama. As always, if you're still interested, you can find out about what we do on secretmovieclub.com or get tickets on Eventbrite at secretmovieclub.com. And if you want to write us in fury or, I don't know, cathartic revelation about this episode, you can write us at community at secretmovieclub.com. Thank you, I think, for being on the show. Guys, Daniel, Connor, Edwin, who's no longer here, my son. I mean, there's a convert. He's going to find out about this on this podcast. But I think I'm safe because I don't think he ever listens to ones once he gets off the show. So he probably still won't know. Much like our movie, I would not be surprised if everyone walked out at like, you know, 14 minutes into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find out. Being generous. Do we have any plugs that anybody has? How do you plug something after this? I can show you five or six different ways. Yeah. Why don't you guys plug yourselves? Heinz, uh, what's next on the docket for you? Jacqueline, I did that on film. He plugged himself. And if you saw some movie, it was mostly about unpluggings than it was plugging. Uh, What's next? What's next, Heinz, for you? For me, really, I just go wherever my parole officer tells me I can. Sometimes a role will fall into my lap. Sometimes, you know, someone just filming on their phone will catch a brief moment of brilliance. As far as, like, professional work, I guess I'll see what my dad has going on. Yeah, and I'm, you know, currently the next project I'm working on is based on a book that I wrote. So I'm just rereading that so I can really, like, get back into it and see, like, what was the story again? And then really be, you know, ready to write about it. I we wish you the best, I guess. Yeah, thanks. Do you guys, Daniel, Connor, you want to plug anything? No. Yeah, yeah. you can find me at twitch.tv slash Connor Cruz and watch me play D&D Tuesdays at 7 Pacific time at twitch.tv slash Oh, sweet. Okay, yeah, I have a Dragonborn. Uh, said I'll jump in on this that campaign. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. Sounds fun. It's truth me lied. I don't play it. Okay. Have a great week, everybody. See you next time. All right. I'll be to Shane. Bye, Later. family. You should play, though, uh, uh, Heinz. You have a D&D player's body. Yeah, I don't know I what that means. I think I have a body for every vocation.